0: Well, good morning and welcome to church online i'm pastor marcia and this is jadina and we just want to share with you some of the things that are happening here at new hope and the first thing that's happening is if you are not already in a home group um you're new to new hope um or you've been around for a while we do have home groups that are happening and what they are is a chance for you to gather with people that you feel safe with whether it's family friends or even co-workers people that you're around with all the time and you get to invite them and you sit in your living room, you get to watch the message and discuss it. And it's a great way to continue to grow as we continue on in this season. Another thing that we have that I'm really excited about is our Rooted and Growing groups. Now, if you go to our discipleship page, and visit that you'll see a list of of all the groups that we have we have some new groups that are starting up that i'm very excited about so it's something you won't want to miss so check out our discipleship page and you'll see the groups that we have something that's happening today beginning at nine o'clock our resource center will be open Um, in the fellowship hall. So if you wanna buy Bibles or journals, um, you wanna buy things for your Easter baskets or you wanna gift people things, we will be in the fellowship hall from nine o'clock this morning until 12 o'clock this afternoon. Now we are asking that you go ahead and plan on social distancing and using your mask and check the CDC guidelines. Um, If not, we'll have some available. Stop at the information center so we can do a temp check And then come on in, and we are looking forward to seeing you at our resource center. And that's not all we have, right, Jadina? Right. That sounds so exciting, Pastor Marsha. I'm so excited for the resource center. Anyways, we do have things for your children here at New Hope Church. To get more information on our children's ministry, you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram at NHMarvelousKids. Also, you can download our app or check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or visit our website at www.NewHopeKids.org. Thank you, Jadina. And we're going to receive our tithes and offerings at this moment. And, you know, I was thinking back to when I, when my husband and I first started um, giving our tithes. And, you know, that was a moment where I really needed to make a decision that I'm going to trust God. And we're going to believe him for everything that he said. And those were times that really made me discipline myself so that I could be um, obedient in my tithe. It made me look at what I was doing. It made me learn to trust God, to have faith, and just to really believe him and take him at his word. And you know, I am so glad that those are lessons that I learned along the way. And in fact, just recently, a friend of mine was sharing how this year she decided that there were two things she wanted to do. One was to get closer to God by reading reading the Bible every day, but also she was going to decide to start tithing. So um, to help her with that, she got involved in a couple of small groups and she just started the journey and the adventure. And it's been an adventure along the way, but she's been encouraged. Um, She's learned how to trust God. She's learned how to discipline herself. She's learned how to be obedient in what he's asked her to do. And she's learned to have faith. And she just shared with me a couple of weeks ago um, that part of her journey is um, she and her family just made um, an offer on a house and they'll be able to move in that pretty soon. Now, the exciting thing is that all of us, as we begin this journey with tithing and with trusting God, is we will learn. We will learn to have trust. We will learn to have faith. We'll learn to have discipline. We'll learn to be obedient. But it also puts us in a place for blessing. Now, not all of our stories will end like that. Not all of my, our stories will sound like my friends. But everyone will see us growing in trust, faith, discipline, obedience, and yes, even blessing. Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Abba Father, thank you so much for your blessing on our lives. Thank you for calling us um, to be obedient to you, to trust you. Um, thank you for giving to us everything that we have and then asking us to just to trust you with just a little bit. We ask that you would receive what we bring and would you use it to expand your kingdom um, and may it bring hope, may it bring um, restoration, and may it bring healing. To the nations as we, your people, learn to trust you. We um, bless this time and we bless those who give in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: In a small corner of the city, a parade began. No internet, no announcements, no tweets. Word of mouth carried the news. And the parade had no floats, no balloons, no bands just the voices of the people, singing one word, Hosanna. The word has no actual meaning, it'd be like trying to define the word hooray, but still, they knew what it meant, Hosanna, the king has arrived. Jesus had been working quietly behind the scenes, urging people to not tell of what they saw. But how can you keep a secret like that? They were ready for him. They had been praying for his arrival for generations. The Messiah had come. Hosanna. They waved branches. They threw their coats on the road. It was all they could do. They gave him a breeze and they sang him a song. Hosanna. It was all they had. They would die for him. But what they didn't understand is that it was going to happen the other way around. The Pharisees were watching, waiting, planning. He was too popular. The crowds would follow him anywhere. But even if you silence the crowd, you can't silence creation. Even if you silenced the crowd, the rocks would sing, the trees would take up chorus, and the earth itself would sing. Hosanna. Hosanna. The king has arrived.
2: So if you're wondering why we celebrate what is called Palm Sunday, that's the very reason. You know, we can get lost in the story of it and forget that it's, it's more than just what took place in our history, but it's a part of God's story that He wants us to be a part of. So today, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, it's more than just the day that we're celebrating. We're actually celebrating the person that made Palm Sunday the day that it, that it is. And we're in this series talking about our history and also God's story. And if you're online looking for notes, there is a place that you can click for notes. For those of you who are here, you can download our church app, and uh, there's ways for you to do that. Or if you just have a good memory, then that's a good thing too. As we look at history, there's so many events that take place, and some of the events impact us, and then some events just bypass us. Just like Palm Sunday. Although that event took place, sometimes it impacts us, and for some, it just bypasses us. My hope today is that Palm Sunday wouldn't bypass us. And even if you're someone who is looking for this relationship with God or you're in search for something more than just what you're, you're experiencing in life and you're, you're, you're saying to yourself, there has to be something more, then I want to introduce you to a person who knows exactly what you're looking for and his name is Jesus And as we said earlier, my heart is that you would pay attention to his words and what he's about to speak to us. Some of you have been asking, you know, when are we going to regather? And like I said earlier, some of us are here because of the training that we've been going through. And the way I explain it, I'm just going to do a little caveat here from the message, but uh, the way I explain it is when we first started in 2020, March 2020, it was like an uphill battle because we had to figure out how we're going to do all the things that we needed to do as far as preaching the gospel, helping people understand that there is a God who loves them and, and, and what it would look like for us here at this church. So it was an uphill battle, but we figured it out, and by the grace of God, we were still able to bring the message of hope. And God already set us up as far as being online and, and electronic, electronic. Uh, having the the app and all of those things electronically. So we hit some speed bumps, but we're able to figure it out. And then now we're on this side of the mountain, and now we're coming down on this side. And coming down on the mountain is just as difficult as going up. So if you think of us coming down the mountain, in fact, uh, my wife Heidi was watching this series on um, Mount Everest and climbing the north side and then coming back down. And they say coming down is just as difficult, just as dangerous. So you want to make sure that you're doing things correctly, that you have the right amount of oxygen and and equipment and and so forth. So for us to be on this side in regathering, we're doing a lot of training, going through our protocols. Uh, Even here in our sanctuary, our chairs are six feet apart, you know, front to back. And I know that's changing also. So as we do more training, we're, we're updating the things that are, are happening and the things that are changing so that one day, which we don't know the date yet because we're focusing on how to regather versus when. When we get that date, we will let you know, and then, of course, we all can spread the word to our family and friends. But coming down on this side of the mountain, uh, we still want to make sure that we're safe for our community and even for those who are trying to reach out to their family and friends, what it looks like for them to reach out to their family and friends so that they can uh, be here live. And we will always have online services. So if some of you are still hesitant to be here live, that's okay. We, We will still have our online services. And that was a part of our vision anyway, to be online. So that's just to communicate where we're at. And today as we celebrate Palm Sunday, we want to look at how do we, even with all of the things that took place within the last year, all the things that take place in our lives, everything that happens in a family, uh, children, marriage, traveling, uh, being at home, quarantine, children in school online, and then some going back to school. I was just talking to a friend, and he said it is worse now for him and his family because things opened up for them where they live. Uh, They live in the mainland, and everything opened up all of a sudden. Now they're more busy than they ever were during the time of uh, COVID, but not as busy as they were in 2019, and they feel overwhelmed because they have to drive them to school, pick them up from school, take them to sports practice, pick them up, and so everything has changed. So even with our recent history, there's a lot that we're going through that the Lord is going to teach us how we can press on in our history. How do we do that? How do we continue to to become the person that God has made us to be with all that we experience? Every single person has a, a quitting point. We all have those points of just throwing in the towel, uh, like our, 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 our threshold of anger. You know, some of us have long fuses, slow to get angry. Some of us have very short fuses. Some of us have zero fuse. It's just dynamite. And so just like one, one just little thing and it sets you off. So don't be looking at people around you or thinking to yourself, oh, I know who has a shorter fuse in my family. I should have done like a, who has their shorter fuse, but I don't want to cause any, you know, explosions. But just think to yourself, what, is my, what does my fuse look like? Because something has led up to that point. Something has caused us to react in that kind of way. We all have a history. Every single person has a history. But did you know that you can be a part of His story with that history? And even if we have a, a, a great history or a not-so-great history, God still includes us in His story. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on that donkey and they were singing hosanna and they were saying come save us we pray what he was doing was more than just entering Jerusalem for Jesus there was no turning back for him this was the moment that would set off what would take place on the cross just a few days later he he came into Jerusalem fulfilling scripture Meaning, he was saying, I am who the scriptures said I am. That put his life on the line, which he knew he was doing, and there was no turning back for him. He pressed on, even though pain, discomfort, and even suffering lay ahead. And he was willing to do that because of the bigger picture. Not only would Jesus fulfill prophetic history, he would also fulfill his story and God's redemptive story for all of us. And Jesus was more concerned about the things of the Father than His very own life. And this is why we celebrate who Jesus is. Jesus never looked back. He continued to press on. He pressed on because He knew the end of the story. We all have some type of greeting when we enter like our home or even church. When we enter church, we all have some type of greeting or here in Hawaii we say aloha which that also means goodbye, (laughs) so that can mean both. But when I enter my home, in fact, when my children were young, when I'd enter my home, they would jump on me. Because Daddy's home, and so they'll jump on me. And I have my bags, you know, my backpack, and I'm trying to put things down. And I remember one day, I I yelled at them. I'm like, can you guys give me, like, time? Let me settle in first. Let me at least put down my bags. And then I saw their faces, like wow, this is like we're hurt by what you're saying. This is, this is verbal abuse. So I, I, they kind of went off into their room, and, and Heidi, my wife, she looked at me with, you know the, the wife look? The wife look of disappointment and discouragement, and you're so mean and disheartening as a pastor. I don't think I was a pastor at that time, which probably wouldn't have made a difference. The look that she gave me said to me, I got to do something different. I got to do something different. So this is what I said to them. I said, guys, when I come home, I love that, you know, we can connect. But can you give daddy like two minutes? Just two minutes. All I need to do is put down my bag and, you know, take off my shoes and things like that. And so we had that deal. So the next time I came home, I walked into the house. They came running up to me and I was like, (laughs) Time time out, two minutes. And they're standing like this. (laughs) Like puppies just... (laughs) just waiting for me and then fine. okay, jump on me! And then they would jump on me. Thank God they don't do that anymore. They're 32 and 26. So, they, they probably still could, but now, we greet differently. When Heidi, my wife, comes home, I greet her at the door. If I'm available, I'll come to the door and make sure if she needs help with anything, then, then I'll help her because I'm such a good husband. Is Heidi here? Does anybody know if she's here? She's not here. Shucks. Well, but, that, but I do greet her when I can. Oh, I was going to score points today. She's probably driving in. She, that's how I greet her. She greets me when I come home, if she's available. Uh, we just have a, a way with greeting each other. There's something about greeting one another. Versus when you come home, and you're so happy to see your loved ones, you're so happy to see your spouse, or if you're coming home to your family, and you're coming home, or even if you have pets... Imagine if no one greeted you at all and they were home. You just walk in the house and you say, hi. Mm. And there's nothing. No greeting, nothing. Now, I'm sure some of you are like, wait a minute, nobody does greet me. How can nobody greet me when I come home? So you can figure that out. You guys need Jesus. That's fine. But imagine that when Jesus shows up, when the people greet him some of them knew what he was doing some of them understood that wait a minute this, this is the Messiah the one we've been waiting for all this time this is, this is the one who all the prophets were talking about he's finally here now for some of them they're like wait a minute he's supposed to show up on a stallion like he's supposed to be a warrior why is he showing up like this on a donkey how can he be showing up like this This doesn't make sense even the Pharisees became jealous of him because he was drawing a crowd. So not everyone received Jesus in that kind of way of singing Hosanna and spreading out palm branches and, and throwing their, their cloaks on the ground, their coats on the ground, and, and him, welcoming him in. Not everybody did that, and which is true even still till this day. Not everybody welcomes Jesus into their lives that way, even though we know what he did and there's evidence of what he did on the cross that He died for our sins and then rose from the grave so that we could have eternal life. Not everybody welcomes Jesus. They're either going to be skeptical of Him, hate Him, or love Him. So that hasn't changed for 2,000 years. All that Jesus did coming into Jerusalem and all that He did leading up to the cross was fulfilling Scripture so that we would be able to understand that there is a God who will show up into our lives, but we will have to choose to let him in. He's going to show up, but we have to choose to let him in. Let's look at what John chapter 12, verses 12 through 13 says, and it'll come up here on the screen. It tells us that the next day, a great multitude had come to the feast, and this is during this this weekend, Passover, and when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him. And cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel! Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples, now these are the disciples of Jesus, did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered these things remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. So the disciples were still like unsure of what is that? What is he doing? And trying to piece things together. But when Jesus died on the cross and then rose from the grave, everything made sense. See, the resurrection of Jesus is that important for us to understand, which we'll talk about next week being Easter But we're going to look at a couple of things that helps us to tie in Palm Sunday to our very own lives. And how does that story relate to us today? Let's look at the first thing. Let's look at this, that God prepares the way before I walk it. God will always prepare the way before we walk in that path. He will will always make ready. Like, He gets things ready before us. Now, there are some things that God is going to let us walk through because that's a part of the lesson and the training, the teaching that He is giving to us. That's what it means to be discipled by Jesus, that He's teaching us certain things. And before Jesus rode on the donkey, Scripture already showed Him the way. He was already going to fulfill Scripture. So we can press on. Regardless of how difficult the road is ahead, Because we know that God has already prepared the way. We know He knows what's coming up. The week leading up to the cross, Jesus didn't stumble upon prophecy. He didn't just stumble upon, hey, wait a minute, this kind of makes sense now. He was purposefully fulfilling prophecy. He walked in them. And for many of us, that's all we need to do. We just need to walk in the prophetic word that God gave to us already. Maybe for many of us, we had parents or, or grandparents that prayed for us. That one day we would walk in the promises of God. That we walk in in the words that God gave to us as a man or a woman, or just being a child of the king. We're royalty. Or maybe as a husband or a wife, as a pastor, a teacher, evangelist, apostle, prophet, or shepherd. And we just keep pressing on instead of giving in. We can press on because he, he paves the way for us. So, why did Jesus sit on the donkey? Well in Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 this is the scripture that Jesus was fulfilling. It says to rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion shout O daughter of Jerusalem behold your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation lowly and riding on a donkey a colt the foal of a donkey. So Jesus rode on the donkey to fulfill this scripture. He knew who he was and this one act was the point of no return for Jesus. So I want to ask you a question. What is your point of no return when it comes to your relationship with Jesus? In fact, for me, that was my point of no return. It was saying yes to Jesus. When I said yes to Jesus, I said, Lord, there's no turning back. This is going to be my relationship with you. I'm saying, yes, I will develop this relationship with you. Were there mistakes along the way? Absolutely. Were there sins along the way? Absolutely. But my relationship with Jesus in that decision, there's no turning back. No matter how difficult it got, and no matter how difficult it is, Lord, as difficult as it is, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Even though I fear things, Lord, I'm still going to walk with you. I might be mad at you, but I'm going to walk next to you mad. We do that. We do that with each other. Some some of you go to church like that. You fight in the morning, but you got to you got to you got to show like okay, at least come next to me so we can walk in together. Or if you're fighting in public and then someone sees you who's from church or maybe a friend, hey, how are you doing? Great. Doing good. Shopping. But you're fighting. So we're going to have those days. We're going to we're going to have those those times of of difficulties even with the Lord because of what goes on in our hearts but it doesn't mean we don't walk side by side with Him and it doesn't mean He leaves us. If you're going to be angry at God, be angry next to Him. He can handle that. He can manage that. God prepares the way before we even walk in it. The second thing is that God is focused on who we are, who we're becoming, not where we've been. Sure, the journey leading up to where we are there are concerns because there are consequences to my actions, my sins, every decision I make. We get that. But God is more concerned and more focused on who we're becoming than what we've done and where we've been. So many people tell me, I, when, when I get better, then I'll come to church. When I, when I, when I get my act together, then, then I'll accept God. I'm like, at what point will that be? Like, how good do we need to be in order for us to say, okay, God, now you can accept me. Don't worry about the goodness part. Let God worry about that. He's already good. He he just looks at us and says, "I, I already paid the price for your sin, so I'm more focused on who you're becoming than where you've been and what you've done in your life. When you read the story of Adam and Eve, in the beginning, when God created mankind, remember when they disobeyed God and they ate the fruit? And God shows up, hey Adam, where are you, Adam? They're like, hide. Let's just hide. Hiding is an automatic reaction of our sinful nature that we even hide from God. Like, how do you play hide-and-go-seek with somebody who knows exactly where you are all the time, has x-ray vision? You can't. God sees where we are, so instead of hiding from him, why not just come to him because he's more focused on who we're becoming anyway. Moses. When Moses was... You know, when we talk about Moses, we think of... He he led the people of Israel. He's a great leader. Ten Commandments. You know, Charlton Heston. I think that was the actor in that movie. So we think of so many different things, but Moses was also a murderer. He killed an Egyptian because... Moses was beginning to understand who he was becoming and then he thought he was supposed to save his people, the Hebrews, and he did it in the wrong way. So what does Moses do? He flees. He leaves that area. He goes to a place called Midian. So he flees. Now while he's out there, he sees something. He sees a burning bush. But the tree is not being burnt so it's like if you saw a fire on a tree but the tree wasn't burning I think that would get your attention there's no way possible any of us would be like oh, is a tree burning it's not even being burnt cool you'd be tick tocking that thing you, you, you'd take a picture of that you'd show everybody look at this tree it's not even burning but it's burning I know it doesn't make sense Moses turned aside And because of that, this is what God did in Exodus chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. And God called him by name. He said, Moses, Moses. Maybe I have to speak twice because sometimes that's how we call our children, right? gotta call them twice. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground then he said I am the God of your father the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God so imagine Moses killing the Egyptian and the first encounter he has with God is this burning bush Moses is still carrying that guilt of what he just did. He's still carrying running. He's a runner. But when God sees him, God doesn't say, Hey, Moses, Moses, you runaway. Hey, Moses, you murderer. Hey, Moses, we got to settle some things, Moses. You can't just kill people. You can't just walk up to people in anger and do things like that. You know what God does? God calls him by name. But he also, he also lets Moses know not what you did, Moses, but he says to Moses, let me tell you who I am. Then first establish who I am before you even begin telling me who you are and what you've done. Which many of us do that. Before we even come to God, we're like, oh, sorry, I did this, I did that. God is like, okay, hang on. Let me just tell you of who I am. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. The God of all creation, the God who made you, I fear you're, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I knew you even before you were in your mother's womb. This is who I am. When we get to know who God is, then all that we're dealing with in our history becomes so small compared to who God really is. So, us pressing on in our history in our life is possible. Because God is focusing on who we're becoming, not where we've been. And if we focus so much on where we've been, then we'll never become who God is making us to be. All the prophets pointed to Jesus and who He was. Even the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms being a, almost like the book of the kings. You know, King David writes most of the book of Psalms. And, and in the book of Psalms, there are, there are standards on how they were to perform uh, ceremonies and, and 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 how the king should be and and even when the king goes through a difficult time, you know, creating me a clean heart, O oh God. You know, David writes that as the king, and and even though the, the the kingship of David slowly disappears, the book of Psalms is still used to live at a certain standard. But that standard wasn't so that we could look at it and say, "Oh, yeah, I have to live to that." It was to show what a king would look like. And the only one who could fulfill that that royalty of perfection wasn't an earthly king. It it would only be fulfilled through the kingship of Jesus. He's the only one who's worthy to wear that regal robe of perfection. You know, I picture Thor, right? Remember, um, I don't know which Avenger it was, Avenger 18, whichever one. Thor goes back in time and he's, you know, he's chunky Thor. <laughs> so he holds out his hand. Remember, he's just holding it. He's like... And then he catches his hammer. He's like, oh, I'm still worthy. And it's that moment that we picture Jesus coming into Jerusalem and everybody throwing their cloaks at him and, and seeing him as the king. And I hope that our our heart today is that we would hold out our hand to Him to let Him know that He's still worthy. That He's more than enough for us. That He's going to be the one that as we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. He prepares the way which tells us that it is only through him that we can walk in this life and press on because it's only through his peace. He's the one focusing on who we are becoming, not what we've done. So many of us have to shift from that of our past and so focused on that to God, who are you making me to be? Who am I becoming? And this is the last thing that we learn, that God will bring his peace as we press on. Sometimes you're not going to sense his peace right away. That Okay, I I have his peace, so therefore now I can accomplish these things. This is who I can become because I have his peace. Sometimes it's as we're pressing on with him, you're going to experience his peace because it's going to be his presence, not our circumstances. It's only through Jesus, not the changing of our circumstances, that we experience this inner peace. It's a different peace. It's not like the peace that we want, like peace and quiet. We love that. We want, we want it to be calm at times, but when there's no peace in our life, every day becomes a battle that we can never seem to win. But when Jesus comes into our life, that's the peace we want. In fact, John chapter 16, verse, verse 33. This has been like our scripture during this time of COVID. That Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. So Jesus made it crystal clear. He said, In me you're gonna have peace. If you're looking for peace in the world, and when when things, you know, get better in the world, I'm just letting you know in the world you're gonna have tribulation. But the only reason why we can be of good cheer is because Jesus says, I have overcome the world. You know, when the enemies of God would be destroyed, there was great rejoicing in Jerusalem. And that's how the king was portrayed when they entered the city. It was triumphant and victorious. But there's something unusual about Jesus entering Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. He he doesn't come mounted on a white horse, riding high and looking out over the people. This king comes humble, riding on a donkey. So the term daughter of Zion is a term of endearment. Zion is the mountain upon which Jerusalem is built. So Zion and Jerusalem are the same in this context uh, of this passage. And when the Bible says you're king, it's speaking of the messianic king, who Jesus is. And when you read Matthew 21, verse 5, and John 12, verse 15, they both quote Zechariah, verse 9, uh, Zechariah 9, verse 9, in connection with Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So there's a, there's a prophetic word that's being, or prophecy that's being fulfilled And Jesus being the righteous and victorious king tells us that we can depend on him to do the right thing in our lives. He's going to do what's right in our lives, and he's going to save us. He's going to bring victory on us and victory to us. So when he rides on a donkey, when it says the king will ride on a donkey, donkeys are smaller than horses. Now, we had a pony, not a donkey, and that pony was pretty stubborn. But from what I understand, like any of you ever been around a donkey? You may have, I have a friend who has a donkey. They can be pretty stubborn animals, but they're, they also are built to bear a lot of weight. But donkeys are smaller than horses. They're used both as the beast that they are, that they can carry, you know, carry burdens, but they can also be uh, ridden on. So Jesus comes in on this donkey, and it was very uncommon for what was very common for people to ride donkeys very uncommon for a warrior or a king to be riding a donkey you'd very rarely see a a warrior on one they would just ride a horse or a chariot but to have the messiah king for jesus to come in riding on a donkey that was a sign of peaceful intention wasn't coming in as a warrior I'd come to fight and do a battle here on this earth like how the earthly kings battle and go to war Jesus came in wanting to press on in history but he wanted to be with the people he wanted to be with us Jesus wanted to be the peace that would be our motivation and be the strength for us in the world that we live in that gives us no peace That's why He came. I want to give you a couple questions, and and Jamie, you can come to the the keyboard. Because we know that God prepares the way and and He's focused on who we are, who we're becoming, not where we've been, that it's going to be God's peace that's going to help us to press on. Because without His peace, everything will be circumstantial. And it will cause a lot of anxiety and chaos, which happens in life because we're human beings. But His peace surpasses all human comprehension so the questions that we have is what are some fears that you can bring to God today as he prepares the way for you because he does he prepares the way what are some lies you've been repeating to yourself or your past that you know is not from God because we do we repeat it over and over something happens or, or even an opportunity comes up we start saying the things that were part of our past and the devil knows it he knows our past really well and so he repeats that to us. But my encouragement to all of us today is ask, ask God for his peace today. Just ask for his peace because that's going to make the difference. It would have been great if when Jesus rode into Jerusalem that, that he would have been the king that rescued them. But he, he wasn't the kind of king that they thought he was going to be. And they thought that he was going to save them from oppression. But that's not what his, his intention was. It wasn't to be an earthly king. And one day there's going to be a trumpet that does blare. That's going to welcome him back. But until that day, let's, let's welcome him into our hearts. Let me ask us to bow our heads for a moment. Heavenly Father, our our heart today is is simple. We ask for your peace. We ask for your, your presence. As you prepare the way before us, sometimes we focus so much on what we've done while you're focusing on who we're becoming. Lord, as we press on in our lives, whether we're having a difficult time in our family, going back to work or or school or being in school or still doing online things and we're still battling financially or or even need to find a a job. Lord, with all that is taking place, may we never forget your spirit and who you are. And because of all that you're doing and, and all that we don't see you doing, we rely on your peace in our lives that we would be able to press on in the history of our life with you. We pray for anybody who's out there, Lord, that maybe they don't have a relationship with you, and maybe today you're wondering, how do I build this relationship with God? Well, it starts with us coming to Him and choosing to take that one step forward to say yes to Him. It's a simple prayer of forgiveness and acceptance I can lead you in it. And as I say these words, you can include your heart, include your spirit. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me eternal life. I ask for your peace and your spirit. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord God, for all of us, that's our prayer. We want your peace. We press on because you paved the way before us. We trust you. We look to you as our God. And even though we may not see things happening right in front of us, it's okay because there's a long journey ahead. And although tomorrow isn't promised, your promise to us is, is that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we can trust you because your track record is perfect, even though we're imperfect. So let us press on with you. And because of that, we'll see the greater things ahead. Thank you for letting us celebrate who you are on this Palm Sunday. In Jesus' precious, priceless name we pray. We all said together, Amen. We do want to,